I'm Judy Felix, and this is Moving Forward Tiny Habits for Successful Soul Care. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope and I pray that you and I can encourage one another to walk by faith and to live out of love instead of fear more and more every single day. Have you ever been in a one-sided relationship? You know, that kind of situation where, yes, there are things that you enjoy, but most of the time when you're with that person, you walk away and you feel like something's just a little bit off. Maybe you end the call or the text conversation or the DM feeling like, how come every time we're together or we talk, they need something? Or they just make everything all about them. They didn't ask me one time, you know, how I'm doing or what's going on in my situation. And you feel drained instead of energized. Instead of encouraged, you might even feel a bit frustrated for reasons that you just can't quite describe. If that's something that you have experienced, then there's a good chance, or you're experiencing now in a relationship, there's a good chance that that is what's called a one-sided relationship. And I was thinking about this recently because I've been doing a brand new study on prayer. And if you're just starting out in your relationship with God, or if your soul care journey is brand new, maybe you're at a, a, a place where you feel like you're a little stuck. I'm excited that you're listening right now because one of the Im- most important tiny habits for successful soul care, if not the most important of all, is prayer. And even Jesus, he taught this to his friends and followers at the very beginning of their relationship, early in their relationship, because they had so many questions. I mean, come on. Imagine you're doing everyday life with this guy who's, you know, he's with you, but he's healing people with a touch, a look, or a thought. He's doing miracle after miracle. You're eating meals together every day, sleeping close by every night. He's teaching and mentoring you. And he often says things like, I'm the Messiah. (laughs) By the way, I'm the Messiah, the Son of God, God in the flesh. So they had questions, lots of questions. But my favorite was the time when one of the disciples asked Jesus something that was so simple. He made a request. He said, Lord, teach us to pray. And we're not even given the disciples' name. I believe that was for a specific purpose. I think God wants you and me to be the ones who ask him to come ourselves every day if we have to, or even if we want to. I love coming to God every day and saying, Lord, teach me how to pray about this. Because prayer is just like love. It's an art. And the more you practice, the more it becomes second nature, the more it becomes your habit which is why I started out talking about one-sided relationships. Have you ever been in one? Are you in one now? That kind of relationship where that one person is always asking, what's in it for me? Remember that question. That is so important. How can I use this relationship to best meet my needs and satisfy my desires? How can I get the attention that I need from this person? How can I persuade him or her to meet my needs? You know, I've never met anyone who enjoys this kind of relationship or friendship or professional situation. It's such a terrible feeling and it just breeds resentment, the walls and the the awkwardness because the person getting used up feels devalued like an object to just be used up and eventually discarded if things aren't always favorable for the person who's using you. 
And it's so subtle. It's that deep, subtle deception kind of thing in relationships. And in your relationship with God, it's so subtle. Many of us fall into the trap of creating a one-sided relationship with God. We pray. I mean, we passionately pray. I mean, we got all the words. Or we think we're praying. And we don't see the answers to our prayers on our terms And then we get frustrated. We make up all kinds of stories about the nature and character of God that just aren't true. We ask and we don't receive, as James, the brother of Jesus says, because we ask with the wrong heart motive. We're asking so we can spend whatever we get from God on whatever gives us pleasure. We want distractions and things that build up our ego. We treat God like a vending machine learning to pray, or so we think we are, while deceiving ourselves. Outwardly, it seems like we're drawing near to God. We're doing all those right religious things. But inwardly, in the hidden places that we don't dare explore sometimes because they're so deep, they're so hidden, we're asking inside, how can I best make use of God for my own personal advantage? How can I use him and make him serve me best right now? In the future also, and all throughout eternity, you know how a lot of folks want to build an idea of heaven that's all about them. There was a movie about that sometime back. Uh, My mom used to watch it a lot. It's called uh, What Dreams May Come, Robin Williams. And it's about heaven being all about you. So for many people, it's a common thing to think, oh, God is for me, my use, my pleasure. And that's a one-sided relationship. True prayer is not one-sided. True prayer is a lifestyle built on a foundation of love, love and appreciation for, first of all, who God is and not who we most desire him to be like, not forming him into our image, not a genie in a bottle or a supernatural vending machine, but who God really is. Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they would know you and the one that you've sent. And it's not just about romantic love. This is a simple thing. This is about true, deep love. You know, what it feels like when you're spending time with someone that you deeply love. The love of a true friend. When you get together for coffee, you've got all the inside jokes that you can't stop giggling about. You kind of keep it hush-hush. You've got the shared experiences that you often revisit. Remember that time when we, there's genuine laughter, whispered confessions, guidance shared. Maybe even a tear as you both share things that you're struggling with right now. There's wisdom, there's compassion, and then back to the laughter. And you leave that encounter feeling encouraged, bolder to be who you really are. You know that friend that loves you enough to tell you the truth even when it's hard. You know, those are the good relationships, true love. You you leave the encounter with fresh ideas and you've shared moments of genuine life-giving hope and joy. That is a loving relationship. And that is true prayer. The tiny habit of living a lifestyle of prayer. It's the key to what Jesus calls abundant life. And it's a restful existence. It's about being, not doing. In Luke chapter 11 and in Matthew 6, Jesus responded to the request, Lord, teach us to pray with what's now famously called the disciples prayer. Some call it the Lord's Prayer, but whatever you call it, you can call it whatever you like. But Jesus responded with a model for prayer that's not one-sided. It's relational and loving. It's about 
loving God with heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving others and loving yourself. This prayer has been picked apart. I mean, there's been millions of sermons that have been given over the ages countless times, but at the heart of this prayer is genuine love, love for God and love for others and loving self-care, which is one of the reasons I teach behavior design, because behavior design is at its core the science of love. So with true prayer, you're loving God by giving him the praise that he is so worthy of, no matter what you and I are going through. Just step outside. I love this. One of my tiny habits is just stepping outside. Look up at the sky, the sun, or the moon, how it holds its place there because God said so. Every blade of grass and every breath that we take is a loving expression of God's abiding love for you and me. Take a deep breath. I mean, every single breath we breathe is a reminder of the love of God and the care of God. Notice your heart beating because God designed it to. Every second that you and I are granted, God is speaking and saying, I made you to love you. You're my child and enjoy your company forever. And yes, that is always worthy of praise all the time. And then appreciation for that daily bread, especially here in the States where food is everywhere in some form and ways to get it are everywhere. And and what about forgiveness? God enables us to forgive the impossible just as he forgives and gives us victory over every temptation if we let him. It's all right there in the response to the request, Lord, teach us to pray. Prayer is not just a part of Christian life. Prayer is the life. When God prompts you and me to pray and we actually do it, it's exactly like having a loved one who invites us to spend time with them. And every second of every prayer builds our relationship with God that overflows into healthy relationships with with others. And if we check ourselves, if we check that all too human tendency to wonder, hey, what's in it for me? And remind ourselves that spending time with God, just like spending time with someone we love, should not be a chore where we show up at the same time repeating the same words. Prayer should be a living pulse in our lives. And if you're not talking to a person, you're in an organic, growing, loving conversation with our star-breathing Heavenly Father who loves you more than you could ever even imagine. One of my favorite tiny habits is to, as soon as I realize that I'm awake, the daily grace of God to allow me to wake up to a new day, as soon as I open my eyes, sometimes before I open them, I whisper a tiny prayer. Good morning, Father. I love you. So simple. And it sets the tone for the day. It's a simple greeting, beginning of a conversation, ending with amen at night. Because God is with you. And no matter what you're going through, it's going to be okay simply because he's with you. God is not a vending machine, a genie in a bottle that always disappoints and offends us when we don't get the answer to our prayers because he, that, that God, little G, is a figment of our imaginations because his existence is dependent on you and me. But the one true God who is Jesus Christ will never fail you or let you down because he's faithful and he's good and he knows what you need. And if he gives you something that distracts you from what you need the most, which is a loving relationship with him, it won't satisfy you. And you'll only be craving more substitutions. It's like spiritual junk food. There's no nourishment, no growth, and no true joy. But real prayer, that's the habit of appreciation that brings your life to life as you worship. Thanks again for listening. I hope you'll stop by JuniFelix.com for more encouragement, resources, and updates on the soon coming release of my project with my publisher, Nav Press. It's called You Are Worth the Work. 
moving forward from trauma to faith.